It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After the first week of college football, a lot of Auburn fans looking ahead of the schedule and saying, hey, 5-0 and seems pretty realistic. Is that true? We talk about it on today's Locked on Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Charlie Tuesday to all of you who celebrate as Auburn message board legend. Charlie Five joins us as he does every single Tuesday. Happy football season to you, Charlie Five. And look, you and I were talking about this before we clicked record. Everybody's talking about what they saw with LSU, whatever in the world they put on the field against Florida State. Same with Penn State against Purdue on that Thursday night game. And then Missouri, I don't think as many people watch Missouri go up against Law Tech, but a lot of people are saying, hey, this path to 5-0, it seems way more realistic now than a week ago. You buying that? Uh, I mean, I personally, I don't feel any different than after watching this game. I, I, I worry more about the Auburn watching the Auburn game than the others because you know everybody has different things that happen on the uh, the first game of the year. Uh, so the nothing I saw necessarily in the Auburn game makes me feel like we're gonna have a better chance or worse chance. We kind of the game kind of played out exactly how I thought it would. I said 55, 55 to fourteen. It was forty two sixteen or seventeen or whatever. And, you know, had it not been the rain delay and, and whatnot, it probably would have, you know, been, we probably would have had a chance to score a few more points, uh, get that, mo- keep that momentum going. So, sure. Um, I, the way, the, when I step back and look at it, I feel like we're going to have, this is, this is going to be the matchup that's going to decide a lot of games for Auburn moving forward. And that is our offensive line rushing the ball against opposing teams, rushing defenses. And uh, if we can run the ball, we can do things yeah. in the passing game. We can do things in the passing game. What bothers me is if that were to get stalled out, kind of like we saw last year when we got to run the yeah. ball, how do we manufacture offense? And then if you look at the, the – I'm not really counting San Jose State. They're terrible. We should just absolutely sure. just, uh, steamroll them. But then you got Penn State, Missouri, uh, and LSU. Right. And Penn State – only I think it was uh, they allowed Purdue uh, seventy yards on twenty three carries. So not I can't do a uh, little like around little around three yards a carry. Um, and then you had uh, Missouri uh, only allowed eleven rushing yards on twenty two attempts against La, uh, Louisiana Tech. And then LSU uh, only allowed one hundred thirty yards on thirty eight carries against Florida State. Now, if you, and then if you take the quarterback runs, which was a majority of the rushing offense for Florida State, their running backs got no, got nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, how to how to you know how, how do we what do we take? Is there anything to take from that? Or, or I mean, is it, what do you think about that? Is, there, is I mean, that even I, worth I think, talking about? Uh, I think it's worth monitoring. You know, I, I think we all agree for Auburn's offense to have the most upside. Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter need to be the story of the offense, not whoever's at quarterback. It looks like it'll be TJ right. Finley in a starting role, but even when Robbie Ashford comes in 
And maybe that's where Robbie does help, you know, where he, where he comes in and can be a gadget guy or, you know, some people are going to call it the Wildcat. I don't think that's entirely accurate, but whatever it may be, when they have packages for Robbie that come in uh, and give you a little bit of a spark, but that doesn't really help you from like a play action standpoint because then when TJ comes back in, it's like, okay, you're not like taking into account any of the behavior or production that Robbie was able to have. So, uh, right. But, you know, as far as moving the chains and stuff, you know, I, I think you get some some stuff there. But I, I think it's worth monitoring. Yeah, it's week one. So many things can change. Sure. So many teams are going to change from week one to week two. That's where you see the biggest difference. And Brian Harson talked about it uh, at his press conference, where it's like you don't really know who you are until week four or five, which is when Auburn will be hosting LSU at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And I just think at that point, Charlie Five, Auburn's going to start to feel itself as a downhill running team. And then the level of competition is going to go up and we're going to have to see, you know, can Auburn run against the big boys? Yeah. I mean, in, in last, and what's hard for me, the, the, the reticence that I have is that it's a lot of the same faces. Uh, and we just, we're just one year more year down the road. And then this, this week, I've always felt, and I said on the show, what do you want to see? I want to see us push the ball down the field. And we did a couple of times. You know, TJ hit one down the field. Robbie hit one down the field. We did push it, but it was, you know, it was like 55 or 60% run to Mm -hmm. 45 to 50% um, uh, pass. And I was kind of hoping it would be just a little bit the other way because it – for ba- just just take this for example for basketball like basketball team when we were over slaughtering those Israel- Israeli children the first two games uh-huh. I-, I totally get us like I totally I'm cool with us scoring inside like I-, right. I know we can score inside I know we can get in transition I know we can play defense can we hit threes mm-hmm. you know because that's what helps us that's what's going to help us when 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 things go wrong there's there whatever we got that guy that can hit the big shot. So we can run the ball. Like, we got great backs, and we can bounce it outside on teams like uh, Mercer. But can you can you get those tough yards when you have to? Can you average, you know, four-plus yards of carry against a Missouri who shut down uh, a rushing offense when you're playing every down to, to stop the pass? Right. So that, that should tell you a little bit of what they got going with their front four. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, that to me is the key. I've all, it's weird. It's still the exact same thing as it is when uh, it was under under Gus. If you could run the ball, things could happen. And I guess that's just for the most part, that's just football in general. But it always seems, especially when you're we, we're still sort of protecting the quarterbacks in the passing game. Yeah. Um, if you uh, if you if what happens when when they have to throw? What happens when? When we saw TJ getting third and long, what happens when when we get in that in in, in conference play? What, did we ever see Robbie in a third long? We saw him in fourth and long, and he made kind of a, a weird decision uh, on on a scramble. But other than that, you know, he looked looked pretty good. Uh, what happens? What happens when when uh, Jarquez gets you know can't can't get a lot going, or, or Tank maybe has some trouble get, getting some stuff going? I, that's that still remains to be seen, I well, guess. And I think we all wanted to see more out of the wide receivers, but that's just yeah. not really the way the direction of the game went. What only three receivers caught passes? Is that right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Var caught four. Shed caught four, and then Tarvarsh Dawson caught one, and then the rest right. were either backs or tight ends. And and it seemed like, you know. Uh, Javaris was the only one that could really get 
separate like the big time separation to make a play up uh, the, the few incomplete passes that we had they were sort of great like i can think of um i think shed stuff i think shed created separation now sure. if you want to argue it was more the scheme and the patterns that freed him up i'm totally cool with that but he yeah. did get space sure so we got uh but you got to have you got to have that i was really hoping more for more out of dawson uh, we heard a lot about Dawson and you obviously you hear a lot about Camden Brown mm-hmm. as well and he got six snaps no targets um but I've always really liked Javaris Johnson I really think he could be even though he's diminutive in stature he's 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 explosive and he proved that uh and I I think he proved it last year too uh that he could be a down the field uh down the field guy so um yeah again first week the game played out almost exactly like I expected. Um, so, uh, what happens next week? You right. know, what, what do you? How do you build off of it? And TJ looks like he's going to be the guy. And I don't know that I necessarily disagree with the move. Um, I know it's exciting to watch Robbie. Um, it's exciting to, to think about the different dynamic that he brings. But again, I still I still go back to this, and and I said this a couple of weeks ago. Brian Harson understands the significance, the importance of, of winning this year. Yeah. He, he, he has to, he has to understand. He, I know, and, and I know he does. So whoever goes out there first, he feels like gives him the best chance to build something to win at Penn state, which I think could be the, I mean, could be one of the biggest games of Brian Harson's career uh, in, in two weeks. Right. Yeah, and then Javaris Johnson climbing up the depth chart now, the official starter yes. at that H wide receiver over Tarvarish Dawson. All right, Charlie Five, let's talk about the offensive line and maybe some concerns there moving forward in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, I want to tell you guys about the most fun way to watch college football, and it's by playing underdog fantasy. They have these pick'em games. It's super simple. All you have to do is look for your favorite team or your favorite players or any kind of quarterback or running back that you think has a chance to pop off. And then you predict that you know, you're given a stat and you say, hey, I think the you know passing yards for so-and-so for TJ Finley will be higher than whatever underdog says or lower. And you string together two or three of those. And obviously, the more times or the more players that you pick, uh, odds are your, your multiplier is going to be up a ton. I put, uh, I, I put a pick them in for like four different quarterback stats this past weekend, and I only, I only wagered like 10 bucks, and, and I won 100. So um, you can pick between two to five players for your pick them slip. And if you get all your picks right, you'll take home that cold, hard cash. So download the free Underdog Fantasy app, and your first deposit up to $100, you can get double. Depo- uh, deposit $100, you get a free $100. And that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. That is promo code locked on when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Charlie Five, our guest, you and I hung out earlier today at Barbaritos, uh, had great lunch, um, and they've got all kinds of stuff, rice bowls, burritos, nachos, whatever it is. Um, also on Mondays, which you and I will record every Monday at 3 o'clock there, so come by, hang out with us, talk, uh, talk some football. But kids eat free on Mondays, and also for catering, this is a busy time of year for catering, whether football parties or tailgates. If you call the store to, to schedule some catering, um, mention the show, mention Locked on Auburn, and they'll knock off 15%, which is pretty solid. Which is pretty you get a solid. little guac queso combo uh, mixture. That's what what you were doing to that guac was borderline inappropriate, but it is what it is. It is what it I was, is. I was deep off in it. So just- coming up, well, we'll hear from John Samuel Shanker, our weekly visit with him. Where are you... With, the, with this offensive line, I, I was blown away. I was super, super impressed with Austin Troxel. I didn't yeah. really notice Killian Zaire when Could watching it thing. live or in the rewatch, which, yeah, you take that from your left tackle. The interior offensive line, um, I don't understand why it's not better than it is. It's early. They've got plenty of time to improve, but I, I just I just thought as a whole it would be better than it was a year ago. Yeah, and uh, Tate Johnson, um, believe it or not, he was the top-graded, uh, I think, center from Pro Football Focus in the whole SEC, uh, I think, is is the way he graded out. I saw somebody tweet that out early. Uh, great first start. Um, I think it was more of an assignment thing. I, I don't I don't think he, he – for the most part, good snaps. Um, he's quit, He's a lot quicker. Uh, but, man, the I felt like – when we tried to run behind either guard, we had a lot of trouble. Um, Jarquez Hunter, he's more of your inside guy. He had the long touchdown run. But if you take that away, he had like seven carries for 15 yards, something like that. So, like, he was just not getting much – we were not getting much push sure. um, there. A lot of our stuff – a lot of the, you know, the big runs that we had – we're popping like outside. Like you think about the the option play that we ran, the jet sweep, and then the option getting taken. A lot the of a lot of the big runs, Troxel buried a guy for that to happen. Exactly, and then the hold. That I mean, that was a long run, and I'm not. I'm still. Yeah, you you could call it. You couldn't call it. I couldn't really see a great. I, I couldn't really see a great replay. But when I was there watching it live, it nothing really jumped out at me. Yeah, tanks long touchdown run. He he had a guy in the hole like immediately like it's in some and he just unbelievably that one of the best cuts I think I've ever seen live so like, smooth in the hole too not like in open field it was like literally right behind like right right past the line of scrimmage but he got the most after he bounced he bounced it outside because you know that's just seems to where we you know that seems to be our strength now uh, the perimeter um, which is great against teams like Mercer I just wonder you know. When that's when everybody knows that, and that's on film, you know what happens. Yeah, the right guard and left guard they rotated a bunch. It's mm-hmm. like they couldn't really figure out what we wanted to what we wanted to do, which um, is good, but, right? I mean, use these yeah. games against Mercer and San Jose State to play around and figure out exactly who you want up front. But yeah, the fact that they haven't settled that yet is interesting. And I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like we did talk about this and agreed. The whole um, interior offensive line was where I felt like there were less questions. Because I I felt like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, with Brandon Council coming back, we heard nothing but great things about Cam Stutz. 
I think Keandre Jones, I mean, the NFL world was paying attention to Keandre Jones as a potential top draft in this class. And so, even when guys like Brendan Coffey went in at left mm-hmm. tackle, he got a false start at one point in time. But, like, other than that, I think he played pretty well. It's a, it's crazy. We always talked about how we were thin at tackle and we were really deep in the interior. But the interior struggled, the interior line struggled. And that could have been a scheme thing Mercer was doing to that that is just different, which, you know, possibly gave us the the openings on the outside. I I'm not that high level of being able to uh, take take film down and break it down and figure it out, but whatever for whatever reason, you know, right guard, left guard, we we struggled. We struggled getting push with with those guys. And uh, I is, mean, is this? Got, I mean, we, we've talked about it at length. You know, the past two shows that we've done, I don't really want to harp on it now, but like we've talked about how T.J. Finley's two picks, you know, the, the problems there seem super fixable. The problem yeah. with the interior offensive line is there. Is that fixable? You know like, I, I don't know how fixable that is. And I mean, you can try to find a few answers with the rotation, which it looks like that's what they're trying to do. But like, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you fix that. Like Tate Johnson, you got to think more experience will help him. But like Keandre Jones and Brandon Council, like those guys are who they are at this point. I mean, especially right. Council. He's been in college for forever. Yeah, and then uh, Keandre sort of had. I mean, there was possibly even some NFL chatter uh, this year. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's game one. It wasn't a good game one. Let's just leave it. I mean, that's that's really all you can say for the interior. Uh, it was woefully like I like I've I've heard like sort of like surprising. Like it's kind of a shock to a lot of people that uh, that they expected that to be more of a strength, and they they just played that basically that bad. So. Um, Got time to fix it. Got another tune-up game, uh, and then you, you go into Penn State, and you know Penn State played Purdue's not really a uh, a really a um, run-oriented team, but anytime you hold somebody to you know around you know three yards a carry or less, uh, that's you know that means you can play you can you you can you can handle the run a little bit. So yeah, uh, even even when you're on the road, so they they were on the road as I believe Penn, Penn State was on the road as well. So uh, we'll just uh, that that you got to figure something out. But uh, I'm I'm really interested to see the, how the the that plays out, and then snaps how they play out with the quarterbacks moving forward because um those two picks were scary, but at the same time, you know what what do we really have enough to make a make a hundred percent call on Robbie throwing the ball? Because yeah, the the running's fun, but. When you got to be a quarterback, can you be a quarterback? Uh, not sure. I think that may be the first time he's ever thrown passes in an actual collegiate game. So uh, he definitely first time he's more. played in an actual collegiate game. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so uh, a lot to build off of. Again, I don't feel in any way. Go ahead. Well, real quick before before we wrap this segment up, um, Harson has been very consistent right after the game, and then at his press conference yesterday talking about how you know, TJ's a starter, TJ's a starter, TJ's a starter. That's his messaging over and over and over again. That's telling, right? I mean, he he believes in TJ. He believes he believes in there's 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 something that that he's seen at practice and, and the way that TJ uh leads, the way that people buy in around him that he feels like he can win with. That's that's all I that's all I care about. If he feels like he can win with it, I'm going to get behind it. I'm there with you, man. 
Charlie Five, how can people find you, hear you, support you, all that good stuff, buddy? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter, the underscore Charlie underscore five, uh, and the Auburn lock, uh, Locked on Auburn Discord every single day, auburnlive.com, the corner message board, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Dab Bod Golf Bod. That is Charlie Five. Hey, we're going to hear from John Samuel Shanker in just a moment. We talk about his touchdown. We talk about the quarterback battle. We talk about a ton of things. But first, I got to tell you, about our friends at Alumni Hall. Auburn fans, are you game ready? When you want to show off your Auburn pride, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. They have the greatest selection of Auburn gear and just general Auburn stuff all over the place. They've got your casual wear. They've got your game day wear. They've got your, you know, if you want to be a little bit more fancy. My daughter thinks Aubie lives there because we got her this plush stuffed Aubie that she takes everywhere. It's really precious. But check it out. Alumni Hall, they've got um, two for $38 tees. You can mix and match. Champion, comfort colors, all sorts of shirts, as well as sideline apparel and coaches polos. They've got a ton. So make sure you're game ready. Visit our locations in Auburn or Opelika or in Huntsville or online at alumnihall.com. And be sure to check out um, the promo code is locked on. Alumni Hall, where Tiger fans shop. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Our weekly visits with Auburn tight end John Samuel Shanker brought to you by the Crawford Willis Group at EXP Realty. John Samuel Shanker, congrats on the, the week one win. How's it feel? It was good. You know, it's always great to get back out and hit somebody else uh, for a change. And um, I thought we played well. Obviously, game one, there's going to be a lot of little hiccups and things like that, you know, just kind of banging the rust off. And um, the game's a little bit faster than in practice and things like that. But I thought we played well and we handled the, the rain and lightning well. And uh, we came out after that, um, scored right after. So I think uh, we're in a good spot heading into week two. Yeah, it, that, that first play after the rain delay, it's like, Mercer wasn't quite ready, but Tank absolutely was ready to go. Yeah, that was that was huge for us uh, to come out and do that. Um, just kind of lifted a weight off our shoulders, you know, coming out. And, you know, we were wanting to attack. We knew we had the ball in a good field position. So that was that was huge for us in the, after the rain delay. Sure. So what do you think was the biggest, um, I guess, lesson learned in this week one win? Um... Biggest lesson, uh, probably just um, that what we've done is working. Like we're not, yeah. you know, we're not just doing things just to do them. Like everything we do matters in practice and things like that. Um, I think some guys saw that they're young. They see how a game works and how practice can um, can change things that you do. And I think we handled that well. And uh, so it'll be good. Normally week two is a big jump for teams. You know, you learn a lot from week one and into week two. So this will be a big week for us. So you're on the field a ton. Um, when you look at who's at quarterback, and clearly there was a design to have some rotation there early before 
um, before Robbie kind of took most of the snaps in the second half there. What's that like, both as a blocker and as a receiver, um, when TJ's there versus when Robbie's there? I mean, they do different things, obviously. What's that like? Uh, for the most part, most of it's the same. Uh, I would say, obviously, when Robbie's in, there's there's a bigger chance of the play being extended with his scrambling and things like that. So you're a little more aware when Robbie's in of, okay, if this isn't open, like there's a chance for a scramble or I might need to block for him downfield and things like that. But for the most part, it's the same. I mean, the whole operation, all that's the same. It's just, you know, extending plays. And with TJ, he's not be as mobile. So there's certain things like – in your route running, you need to be a little more crisp uh, when he's in there because, you know, you might not be able to scramble as long and mm-hmm. and uh, drag out plays. Is the is the playbook the same? I mean, as far as how the, you know, the, the play calling goes, is, is all of that the same or does that vary too? Uh, yeah, I'll say for the most part it's the same. Now with Robbie, obviously there can be more option, read options and things like that just with mm-hmm. his speed. But, um, I, you know, I don't think that changes much uh, for – Coach Keesaw and Coach Harsh in that in that realm, but um, I mean, obviously, when Robbie's in, they're more open to more read options and things like that. So, when you guys installed the the package where Robbie's at receiver and, and TJ was at quarterback, I, I imagine that was a pretty fun day of practice. Yeah, that was pretty early in camp too. We wanted to get a lot of reps in that before the season started. Um, but yeah, that's an awesome play. I don't know where they came up with it, but. Uh, <laughs> It actually, we haven't really worked it much where he actually pitches it to Tank. So that was pretty cool to see um, in the game. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. All right, so how quick did you realize that you were going to have a, a, a pretty easy walk-in touchdown to really kind of get the season going? Uh, did you kind of know, looking at what the defense gave you, as soon as you guys broke the huddle, you're like, oh, man, this is going to be an easy score? Well, I saw... Yeah, I saw that there were man on the outside guy, and there was a safety linebacker, and they were they were kind of confused there when I motioned. I was like, "Well, this can go one of two ways." Uh, and so once I released the flat and caught it, uh, I realized that they had messed up big time. Somebody messed up, so that was uh, yeah, that was a pretty easy one for sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure. My one of the um, one of my predictions last week was that you were going to lead the team in touchdown receptions. And so as soon as you walk that one in, I'm like, all right, we're off to a good start. We're off to a good start with that prediction. So we'll see. Yeah, I couldn't catch Quez, but uh, good start. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So, you know, as far as that rain delight, what do you guys do when, when you're in the huddle? I, I mean, I know fans are just kind of sitting around watching, probably scrolling social media or pulling up other games. What do you guys do when you're in the locker room? Yeah, it's really a bunch of the same stuff. I mean, there's nothing we can do. Like, coaches might, you know, we might talk a little game about some adjustments that we've seen, even in the second half. Um, but after that, you know, because there's a few strikes, so it was delayed for about, I don't know, like an hour or something. Yeah, it was a while. Uh, so, yeah, we were just – we would lay down, take your shoes off, kind of relax. Uh, we'd watch – like, we watched the Florida game for a little bit on our phone and um, just – kind of hang tight and then with about 15 minutes when there wasn't a strike uh we get up and we get stretched and try to get going uh to go back out is that hard to get back going i know um i think it was jalen simpson put up a tiktok of just him like laying down in front of his locker with his pads off and things like that is it hard to like be relaxed and then okay we got to go back and play the rest of this football game 
Well, you have it in the back of your mind. Okay, I guess still got to play a game. Like, stay locked in. Um, yeah. Do the best you can. So yeah, that's that's part of you know the adversity in that. And Coach Harson was good. Um, as soon as that happened, about talking about it, like this is adversity. We need to handle it the right way and handle like pros. Um, and that's what we try to do the best of our ability because you don't want guys to just sit around and then not be focused on the game because we still had a, over a quarter left. So um, you don't ever want to lose that. But at the same time, it, it's not, you know, really logical to just think about ball for an hour while not playing. Like it doesn't – that wouldn't help us either. So it was – it's kind of a happy medium there on what you try to do to um, pass that time because you don't really know how long you're going to be in there, right. you know. So – that can be difficult for some guys. John Samuel, I want to get your thoughts about this team moving forward and prepping for this weekend's game. But real quick, hey, everybody, look, buying or selling your home or, or your second home or an investment property, it's a significant life move. So it's important to hire a professional real estate team to help you navigate the real estate market from start to finish, especially in today's market. My family and I are going through the process right now for the selling of our house as well as purchasing a new home, and we would not have contacted anyone other than our friends at the Crawford Willis Group at EXP Realty. They are professionals, and they treat us like we're family, helping us through the real estate process and holding our hand the whole way through. I ask a ridiculous amount of questions, and they really want to educate their clients and make sure they understand everything that they're doing. So reach out to Crawford Willis Group for real estate needs by going to their website, CrawfordWillisGroup.com. John Samuel Shanker, our guest. So you guys now prepping for San Jose State this Saturday. Based on what you've seen about them so far, what stands out? Uh, what stands out about these guys? They play hard. They have a little bit of a swagger to them uh, from what we saw yesterday watching them. So uh, it'll be a test. Obviously, every game is, um, but I think they're better than Mercer. I think they are a good team. Uh, so we got to come out and play. We got to be prepared throughout the week. Um, and that's, you know, that's part of the grind is every week's different. Every team's different. It, you know, Mercer's in the past now. It's, it's on the San Jose State and San Jose State only. And that's, uh, that was a challenge that Coach Harsh gave to us yesterday is just going 1-0 this week. Is there, is there any tendency to look ahead and think, man, Penn State the following week, that's going to be a huge nationally viewed game? Or does this locker room really seem to buy into that 1-0 mentality of, nope, it's all about this Saturday? Well, I think that's part of, as leaders and captains, that's our job is to make sure that those our guys are locked in on this week and this week only. Like, yeah, we you can talk about the rest of the weeks, but as long as we're focused on what we have to do this week, on the playbook this week and things like that, and be successful against San Jose State, then, then we're, we're all good. So, John Samuel, obviously going into the season, every Auburn fan had their opinion about the quarterback battle, and then – I think what a lot of people saw in week one, there's still a lot of opinions, a lot of questions about, you know, who should be leading this offense. How How is this team kind of handling that? Is this still an open competition? Harson talked about how TJ is still the starter. Is there going to be a rotation? What, um, you know, what should Auburn fans be kind of thinking right now? You know, I, don't, I wouldn't look too much into it as far as who's rotating in and out. I mean, that's – I think we knew that going to fall camp that this wasn't going to be set in stone with one guy. Okay. Um, so, you know, I just keep an open mind. You know, don't think too much into when guys rotate things like that because that's going to happen. Like, this isn't set in stone. It might not be set in stone all year. It's really who's who's got the hot hand at the moment. And I thought Robbie had the hot hand this past week, but, you know, it might be TJ this week. So, 
Um, you know, both of those guys are going to compete. They're going to play hard. Um, and it's just we need to keep that locker room together, and that's that can be hard to do when they're fighting for a big position like that. Um, but that's that's part of our job is to make sure that, you know, this doesn't separate the locker room that brings it closer. Because um, all we're, we all want to do the same thing. We all want to win. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest point um, to get across to everyone. Um, even if you're not playing, is you're here to help us win. So when you look at other members of the offense, based on you know what we saw against Mercer a few days ago, who in your mind stood out the most to you? I mean, I, I know there were some guys on the offensive line that played really, really well, as well as some receivers that kind of took advantage of some opportunities. Jarquez scored a million times. <laughs> who, who stood who stood out the most uh, most to you when you kind of went back and watched tape? Well, on the offensive side, yeah, I mean, Jarquez had a great game for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think VAR, Javaris Johnson, I think he, I mean, he had a great game. He's a deep threat for us. Um, and I think, you know, he had a, we had a little, I guess he had a little um, issue back in May where we didn't know if he was going to be here and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, just him coming back and working and being ready to go. Um, it was a testament to him and um, what he's done this offseason to get ready. Um, and he can be a leader in that room if he wants to be. And um, I think he showed uh, his potential this past weekend. And then defense side, it had to be Cam Riley. I mean, that guy, he was everywhere this past Saturday. He was. Um, and just a young guy like that, he's a quiet guy, just puts his head down and works. Um, but he's a great player, and I think he showed that. And, I think the sky's the limit for him. We were talking about him on the show yesterday, Cam Riley. And there were times where it's like, I was watching, he's like, oh, he took too uh, too aggressive of an angle. And it's like, nope, he closed the gap somehow. I don't know how he's that big and be able to move that quickly. But he's impressive. He's really, really impressive, especially for a guy that really hadn't had a whole lot of starting experience for him to kind of come in and hit the ground running. He blew me away. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in camp and yeah. all the offseason. He got really big. I mean, he is a big dude. Um, so, whenever, you know, we didn't expect 15, but we were not um, shocked whenever he started making plays like that because he's shown that uh, in practice and things like that. But, yeah, I think he'll continue to make strides and he's going to be a heck of a player. You mentioned VAR being a deep threat. When you talk about slot receivers a lot of people think of you know the Wes Welkers Julian Edelman's you know four yard route you to death when you put out a guy on the field that that can really stretch the field vertically in the slot what does that allow you to do as far as other guys being around them well that just keeps you know that keeps their their safeties in check you know it makes they keeps them high and that allows you to throw things under and that that can be a huge piece because if you don't have a guy that can take it over the top then those safeties, they're just going to sit on everything under and the things aren't going to be as open. So that can really help an offense. Cause like think about a guy like Schwartz, like he had those safeties so far back, just yeah. worried about him getting past you that you left everything underneath open. So it just opens up everything underneath. If you have a guy that on any given play can just run by your safeties. I was really impressed with Austin Troxel and Tate Johnson as far as the offensive lineman goes. What'd you think about the uh, the the big guys, the big guys up front? Yeah, I thought he did great. I mean, Trox has a ton of experience, so that wasn't surprising to see him. Brandon Council, those guys do well, and Tate Young. That was his first game. Uh, I thought he handled it well. You know, there's things that we'll work on um, this week, but I thought he did well for his first game. And that's a lot for a guy who just got the job a few weeks ago, not knowing, you know, what was happening. So, 
Um, I think he's done very well. He's matured a lot um, in these weeks, and I'm, he'll continue to mature throughout the season as as he gets more reps. Nick Brahms was dressed uh, as a coach on the sideline. He, he looked spiffy. He looked good, um, different than what we've kind of normally seen him. You know, all with, with pads and things like that. But what's his role been like now that now that he's you know done playing football? Well, I think it's more mentoring uh, Tate and those guys, and you know, seeing things on the field and helping them out on the sideline. I mean, because that guy, he knows the playbook like the back of his hand. And sure. um, to help a guy like Tate, who's young and, you know, things might be going a little fast for him at times, uh, to have a guy like Nick to help you out is is a huge asset for us. And I think he's taking that role well. He's enjoying it. Um, and so uh, I'm sure it'll help even more as we go down the season. John Samuel Shanker, Auburn tight end. Thank you so much for your time as always. And best of luck this Saturday when San Jose State comes into town. Thank you, War Eagle. That's John Samuel Shanker. Thank you so much uh, to him, as always, for joining us for a few minutes right here on the show. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. In the meantime, you can read all of my written work at auburndaily.com or follow me on socials at C. Blackery. This has been Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.